everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. But the pilot episode may be called More or Less with Tony Barnes, because I'll be talking to myself a lot in this first episode, which I find myself doing more than I'd like to admit these days, but Frank is here with me, so it makes me feel a little more sane. But I can't wait to introduce myself to you. All right, welcome everybody to the show. Okay, that was cheesy. All right. Um, anyway, welcome everybody. We're here in Pilot Radio Studios in Southern Pines, North Carolina, just outside of. Well, nope, I already said that. Okay, let's start over. <clears throat> oh, me, 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 me. <clears throat> maybe this is. Maybe we put this in there. I don't know. <laughs> this is good stuff. This is all good stuff. All right, uh, let's let's uh, be entertaining at the expense of myself, Frank. <laughs> You said already that that's the point, right? That's right. Yeah, make make fun of myself. Just remember that, Tony. You're good at that. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We're here at Pilot Radio Studios in Southern Pines, North Carolina, just outside of Pinehurst, also known as the home of American Golf, and easily within artillery range of America's largest military institution at Fort Bragg, Frank. That's great is, is we are we are yes. that's true we should probably be worried a little bit about that i don't know so. i <laughs> have it, it occurs to me sometimes that we are within artillery range of one of the biggest targets in it america is. that's true so, that's i mean true. i don't know if we should be worried yeah. because there's probably not much we can do yeah i, mean, and, I guess it'll be fast right right so. that's what i'm thinking like if it if worse comes to worse I won't know about it. Yeah, yeah because I'll be dead. That's good. Yeah, that's true. This already turned. It yeah, turned quick, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> so, but no, we were very thankful for all, all of our military uh, friends and family out there doing what they do, and our lovely <clears throat> home. That's right. Of American golf, we that's love right. it here. Absolutely, that's why we live here. Yep, I'm terrible at golf. I, I don't try as often as I probably should. But I've played once in the past six years, probably mm-hmm. twice. Yeah, I think I, you got me beat there. So. Um, but anyway, you know, you know, we're here just hanging out. It's the first show. Uh, we're talking about myself today, which seems really weird uh, and narcissistic, and I promise I'm not that type of person. But I'll talk about myself for this one time, okay? But in the future, we're going to be uh, interviewing people from our community and, and perhaps outside of our community and uh, the travels that I've been and maybe that Frank's been and just people that really uh, have interesting stories to tell. So, But today, <clears throat> it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And we are starting because you're a musician. That's what we're talking about here. I am. Yes, I am a musician, uh, as you heard in the intro. Uh, and I also am a realtor. Um, but we're going to talk about music and my life and music today. Uh, today, yes. So um, anyway, I've got several uh, original songs here that I've co-written uh, over the years and um, were produced in either Nashville or Houston, Texas uh, in the last 
12 years. And uh, I'm going to tell a little story about each one and just talk about it and, um, you know, introduce myself musically to you. And then uh, looking forward to getting this one done. And uh, we can introduce other folks that uh, have interesting stories to tell. And maybe if we have time, you could talk a little bit about foundation and and what you're doing now that you don't make a living making music. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I think we'll have at least uh, probably a few guests in the future that uh, really are influential in, in uh in our society here at Fort Bragg and, and, and abroad in the military. So excited about that. Um, so here, the first song that I'm going to basically will play for you here is a song called A Few Good Friends of Mine. I wrote this with a, uh, a, f- a friend of mine that I met in South Padre Island, Texas, when I had just left Nashville. So I guess, you know what, I should probably give you just a short, brief introduction of the music part. What do you think? think frank yeah, yeah we should play some of it maybe yeah. the whole song yeah well i mean like i think i should i should introduce like just tell a little music history just so people can kind of relate because these are these were written at different times and all over the place so oh, I, might, yeah, sure. I might give okay. a brief summary of the music um, if i like that people yeah. people will probably enjoy that yeah so you know um anyway to start off uh with the intro for my music career uh i um Left Appalachian State without a degree. Sorry, Mom. Um, and uh, decided that moving to Nashville, Tennessee was a great idea with two two few good friends of mine that happened, <laughs> happened to be brothers. And uh, we moved to Nashville, and we thought we were going to be famous the first time we ever showed up and realized we that wasn't the case. But we had a great time, and we I was with them for five years. Their name, The band name is called McKenzie's Mill. And we wrote um, two records together, um, which I wrote co-wrote several songs on and music on and uh toured for about five years then i ended up you know leaving to go come back to north carolina so that i could make a living because it was really hard to make a living in nashville playing music as you can imagine with millions of other musicians um and, and if you did make a living you had to travel 500 plus miles for every gig so that people would pay you um so i moved back here and figured out that i need to start singing uh, and playing music kind of by myself to make a good you know some cash and I did that for 12 years, um, you know, and, and at the very beginning when I left Nashville and left the band, I happened to have a connection with a uh, Entertainment America, which is a booking agency up in Wisconsin, and they happened to book me for a solo gig at the Isla Grand Beach Resort in South Padre Island, Texas during the summer of 2010. And that was my Jimmy Buffett experience. It was fantastic. I don't remember much of it, but there is some document documented uh, things that happened, which includes some of these songs here. There's proof. Yeah, there is proof somewhere. So, uh, you know, wrote some really fun songs and some serious songs, and it was a, one of the most creative uh, points of my life and, and just an, an excitement um, that I can't can't wait to share with you guys. But, uh, you know, basically took my little Mitsubishi Eclipse and, with a hatchback and, and had a full PA system a uh two guitars two suitcases didn't know a soul in texas and they said be here in four days so i had some old college buddies one in birmingham one in atlanta um stopped along the way hung out with them for a night saw the sights uh, then stopped by myself in east texas and then made it down to south padre island it was about a 24-hour drive all said and done um and it was fantastic uh, at that time i didn't have you know wife or kids or anything so it was fun uh went there showed up played uh had a, like a two-week audition thankfully they didn't send me home packing and i played the whole summer there and met several people that have influenced me over the years uh, including this one songwriter who you see is kind of a um on many of these songs as a co-writer his name is mike kelly from madisonville texas and uh I, the way i met him was playing about two weeks three weeks into my stint 
unfortunately i drank a little too much you know and and so even at five o'clock i was a little uh not feeling the greatest and i was forgetting lyrics you know and uh and that didn't happen all the time you know it's not like i was you know anyway uh but he it, it, there, happens. it happens it happens sometimes yeah especially when you're in your 20s you know your right. mid-20s and you're just life is beautiful you know and um anyway you're, in, mike, you're invincible exactly yeah and mike kelly it was sitting on the bottom deck of the hammerhead deck at the isla grand beach resort and he was heckling me <laughs> he said you can do it barnes i said who is this guy? You know, like, but luckily, I, you know, I'm pretty good at playing it off and, and not being too embarrassed. But <clears throat> I actually kind of enjoyed his heckling. He was doing it in fun, you know, fun nature. So I said, okay. Seems like a Texas thing. I hate to. I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, <laughs> but that reminds me of a story that I've heard with uh, um, Towns Van Zant. Like he covered somebody's song, and gosh, I, now I wish I remember who. But the artist was in the bar and was heckling him. <laughs> And then he like was like, "Well, play this, song, play my song." And then he he did. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It was funny because I was like, normally I'd get not upset. I mean, pretty good at playing it off, but but it was uh, something about it was like, okay, this guy's got a sense of humor, you know, whatever, you know. So he he said it in fun nature. Not he did he didn't go overboard, but you know, once or twice during the set he said it. And then um, after I got done, you know, I, I had to go over there and talk to him, you know. So whenever I said. How's it going, man? He's like, yeah, oh, man, I was just playing with you. My name's Mike Kelly. And, uh, you know, he, he had just happened to be going through a, a separation. And so he was at the beach basically to try to just give it a week of just, man, I need to breathe. I need to take you know care of this and just try to move forward. Uh, and he had two little kids as well. So it was tough for him, but he was having a good time. And um, anyway, we got to know each other. We hung out for a few nights and played, realized he played guitar and we just sat with a guitar and just started playing and um found out he's a pretty good songwriter so we uh um the first even even though this song's not going to be on the list here because yeah it's, it's a great song it's funny but it's not quite uh radio uh, w- uh ready oh, maybe this is or, the song yeah. that uh, the listeners will have to seek out for themselves yeah you have to seek it out i mean it's not terrible but and you know, what's the name of it it's, so that... it's called so what i'm drunk yeah so you can see yeah it's probably not the best material for the radio we're family friendly here frank so you know but i was in my mid-20s and you know we were sitting on the deck um on the hammerhead deck at like 2 a.m and me and some other guys and uh and him and we had guitars and and we just came up with this idea because uh, we saw two two girls were walking under the deck and one of them fell on the ground and she, her, her friend looked at her and said what are you do- like what are you doing and she's like so what i'm drunk and then so this story was made you know? uh-huh. so we the, were sitting there the impetus of all the best stories yeah so we started writing that song and um and we wrote it and and a, the, a good portion of it in the first like hour and then you know got late so uh mike went but ended up going back home the next day which was about eight hours away to madisonville texas and um and then he called me and he was like man we got to finish that song so we were texting back and forth like what do you think about this what do you think about that and we ended up writing it like literally that day finishing it up and it was it was really just funny song i mean there's nothing really bad about it. It's just a funny drinking song, and you know everybody's got to have one. So you know, but that song's not on here. So I figured, <laughs> I'd, at least I figured I'd introduce Mike Kelly to you uh, with that song because that was the first one that we wrote together. Uh, but this song that I'm going to get to is called "A Few Good Friends of Mine," and uh, it's just a song about that. Uh, Mike Kelly came the year later to my house in North Carolina and stayed with us for a month, um, and we wrote several of these songs. Uh, you know, at least he started a lot of them, and I played some of the music, and then I wrote maybe the bridge of one and some some liners and and each one. But we we kind of wrote 
three of these five songs um you know here in north carolina the year later so this is one of them it's called a few good friends of mine and uh it's it's exactly that it's a song about that <laughs> yeah i think so i don't know and i know we need to probably cut a lot of that crap out but i kind of i kind of like just went yeah there's no reason not to i might stand on the sun. i forgot to mention that part Billy looks like he ain't ever shaved Pulling the cooler from the Chevrolet I'm shaking the Kingsford on the grill Dared Cassie to jump out in the lake Cold water was more than she could take By the looks of things she called a chill Kiss, man, it don't get better than this It's just me And a few good friends of mine Can't buy guitars and homemade wine Gonna leave all worries behind Summertime in sweet Caroline Getting loose beneath those southern pines No place I'd rather be tonight It's just me and a few good friends of mine It's midnight, JT stumbling around Falls over the grill, lights up the couch I'd say we got one hell of a blaze Call up the local volunteers Put out the fire, say hey Why are you here, boys? Have a beer and join the party It's just me And a few good friends of mine Can't buy guitars and homemade wine Gonna leave our worries behind Summertime in sweet Caroline Getting loose beneath those southern pines No place I'd rather be And a few good friends of mine Guitars and homemade wine Gonna leave our worries behind Summertime in sweet Caroline Getting loose beneath those southern pines No place I'd rather be tonight It's just me And a few good friends of
Okay, so <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned while um, while the song was on that there was that intro that. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, about a year later, well, maybe, yeah, about a half a year later or a year later in 2013, I went, uh, Mike Kelly was still in Texas, but I went with some of my uh, musicians that I play with, played with on a regular basis, uh, TJ Johnson. Um, he was a keyboard player, singer, Rick Keene, who uh, I think, I don't know if he, no, he didn't come to this one, but uh, he's done some recordings for me. But uh, but anyway, TJ Johnson and some other studio musicians from Nashville that I knew uh, like Ducky Medlock, for instance, who uh, uh, sings and plays with Bucky Covington, um, he's from this area as well. And maybe we'll introduce him, uh, interview him one day. Uh, he sang some harmonies on a couple of these songs. But uh, anyway, we went there, and the, the the intro was this badass harmonica with Charles, uh, sorry, uh, with Charles Starcher, who was from this area as well, who played harmonica for me. And so the three of us went to Nashville. We recorded some songs, and uh, so you recorded that in Nashville. Yeah, we recorded this one in Nashville at Prime Cut Studios. Uh, uh, which is uh, producer Daniel Dennis, who has uh, done a lot of great things in Nashville uh, here lately in the last 20 years. But anyway, this this intro, it starts with a really cool harmonica. And then I was like, man, we need to put something funny or crazy in there. Just give it some oomph, you know. And, and I don't know where I came up with stand on it, son, but it happened. And I was, <laughs> I'm still to this day embarrassed about it. But but da- Daniel Dennis is like, you got to keep that in there. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, I was like, all right, man, we whatever. We all need somebody else standing next to us to tell us not to delete something. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, well, okay, let's give it a shot. Not like anybody's going to hear it, right? And here we are. <laughs> so that's kind of the story in a, in a nutshell about that. Um, but it was a fun song that we did, and, and I playing with the, the old musicians that I used to play with. And, and we had a great time in Nashville and recorded several of these. And I also got one of my guys um, from my old band, McKenzie's Mill, Paul Newton, who played guitar opposite me. We had a six-piece you know, Southern rock original band and back in the day in Nashville. And he and I would go back and forth and trading guitar licks and stuff. And we just had a good time. So I got him in there to do a lot of cool stuff on some of these songs, including a few good friends of mine. His his guitar is actually the the riff at the beginning. So. So that was pretty cool. So there's the story, and I'm sticking to it. So, and, and we won't believe anything else. You shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't believe a whole lot about what I'm saying here. So, <laughs> yeah, but we take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but it's the salt that we keep, or that's right. something. Is that like, how you say it? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds that's, sounds good. That's a new, I like it. That's a new one. I like it. You too. Just come up with that. I yeah, like it. that's good. Keep uh keep your day job. Okay. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. No, so uh so we go on to the second song. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the second yeah. song is um called Life and hopefully I'm standing close to this mic. Uh, you would th- think I'd be good at that already, but, you know, being at, on the mic, you know. I don't know, so, it's weird. It's weird. I feel awkward. I don't know what to do with my hands. I know you can't see my hands, but I don't know what to do with them, you know. Uh it's just weird. He's like just waving them around right now, <laughs> just like, flailing. Yeah. My hands He's are just a, flailing. Tony Barnes, the wacky, wavy, inflatable tube oh, man. Oh yeah, that reminds me. What was that show? You know what show I'm talking about? Family Guy. That one and also, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, they God, had the they had the sunny. flailing two inter uh, the car dealership uh, flailing to blow up oh, tube. <laughs> but it's pretty. That's a pretty funny yeah, show, no, which is also is not appropriate show. for radio. Right. <laughs> so. I don't know. For some reason, I'm also thinking of. Um, 
Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Similar. I just feel similar. like I associate the two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we went off on a tangent there. But uh, <laughs> but that's life. That's life. Good segue, Frank. You. You've done this before. This I is mean, not your first rodeo. Y- yes, we'll assume that. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, uh, this song is called Life. I know, very original uh, there, but uh, it, it, it speaks for itself. It's about life. Um, I'm a very creative guy uh, when it comes to names of songs but anyway this is this is my all-time favorite song that i ever wrote in my life uh and i did write this one uh i started this one by myself actually in south padre island when mike kelly and his friends were down at the pool i was just not feeling it you know i was just hanging out just chilling um by myself and and i literally wrote the first and second verse of this song and the music in the hour that they were at the pool and then when they came back up i said you got to listen to this and they were like awesome and then we wrote the third verse or the bridge i think together um uh, anyway but uh it was a really this it, most inspirational song of my life called life and that's this is not very original is it uh but anyway it's a great song i love it it's my favorite song that i've ever written i hope you love it too Crash and burn sometimes Life We don't know what it brings We know how to dream sometimes It ain't easy Sometimes it's hard You feel like the devil deals the cards Point your chin way up towards the sky Set your goals just as high Learn how to dance To the rhythm of chance What will be, will be When pain knocks you down Lift the weight off the ground And continue to fly Cause Lord knows It's one hell of a ride Without any care in the world Live To love and to laugh As time tends to pass you by Used to the nights Down that old country road Laws that were broken Stories we told To the friends that we've made And to those that passed on You'll always live on And learn how to dance To the rhythm of chance What will be, will be When pain knocks you down Lift the weight off the ground And continue to fly Cause Lord knows It's one hell of a
to the rhythm of chance What will be, will be When pain knocks you down Lift the weight off the ground And continue to fly Cause Lord knows It's one hell of a ride Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, oh, it's pretty terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, yeah, I told you to be honest, but not brutally honest. Hey, I, I mean, didn't say on. that. <laughs> I thought you said, I can't listen to oh, this. No, no, I could. I was, oh, was, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, although, <clears throat> we did just listen to it. We did. That's yes. right, because you guys heard the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, we all heard it. And this is live radio. <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed. I'm not lying, I swear. Um, so, uh, that's cool. Um, was there... Any, I mean, uh, it's clearly been some time. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you trying to say I'm old, Frank? No. <laughs> That's a fine line I walk here at this uh, in this world. I am an old man now. We're all old. Mm. I can grow, at least you can grow hair on your head. I can grow hair on my face all day long, like yourself. But mine's all getting gray down here. Oh, nah. I, I've, I lost, started losing my hair when I was like 22. And so, like, just outside of college. And, you know, I, I always just embraced it. You know, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to be Costanza. You Is know? that why you wrote the song? Because I felt old. No. Oh no, it's I not. Mean, no, because no. you were losing your hair. Oh, no. pretty much. No, no. I just, I, I, I've, luckily, I've not been super self conscious about that. Uh, I just kind of said, you know what? I look a lot more bad. B a b a. Thank you. I like these. I look a lot more b a than I actually am, and uh, being a bald guy. So, and I, and every now and then, my wife hates it, but I'll grow my beard. You know, a couple oh, yeah. months and bald with a big beard i mean yeah you don't want to mess with that guy that's right no i mean even though that guy's weak you don't want to mess with him i mean at least you know it's all about in 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 uh and you know uh, the environment you know in the world it's about projecting something right, right. you want yeah. to project ba-ness yeah but ba seeming yeah exactly so you don't get mugged on the street you know that's, i mean you look like a the truth. ba you yeah. know but hopefully nobody calls your bluff mm. yeah yeah but anyway where were we i was going to ask was there like a specific thing that you wrote the song about i mean other than life life. i mean was something Um, let's see that's a good question man i i I think uh yes i think i was inspired by i had just left my old band and good friends and we were there in nashville for five years and it was like that was my original dream you know i was like okay even though i didn't feel like i failed I was like, all right, it's time to to move to take another chapter, you know, like because this is that chapter is over with, you know, Um, I was happy, though, where I was at, obviously. um, And I got this opportunity out of nowhere, literally a month after I left Nashville. And I was like, man, I got to do this, you know. So um, that was the very much the inspiration for me to write this song, because, you know, life has its turns. You crash and burn sometimes. But it's a beautiful thing, you know. It's it's literally you just keep you keep driving on, and you never know where it'll take you. And uh, that's exactly. I know everybody has a song kind of like that, but this was mine, and I think I really enjoyed it and was inspired. That this is one of the few songs I've written that are just simple, short, and just right to the point. And I think the best songs ever created are the ones that don't use a lot of words to say to hit you really hard. You know what I mean? Right. Something that's universal, because. 
it's universal you know mm-hmm. it's not you're not trying to force something into it and yeah. I, I agree with yeah, that definitely and, and, it, and all of this came to me and that never happens i mean I, i'll have one-liners that come to me sometimes and i'm like oh that'd be a great song but then i'd try to get into it and try to write the actual song and make it cohesive and be something it's like just writer's block you know yeah so i think a lot of people may experience that flash of inspiration and mm-hmm. you're like oh that could be a great part of a song Mm-hmm. But anybody who's ever sat down to expand upon that will recognize that there's a lot of difficulty in taking that what surely is a great line mm-hmm. into a full song. Oh, yeah. I've always been really good at creating music, like riffs, you know, progressions, things like that, that would make a song. And I've always been really good at one liners, but I've always been fairly bad at vocal melodies and creating a functioning story you know something that Mm -hmm. actually is would be cohesive around that one liner you know so i've always felt like i've been a really great just uh, creative guitar player and one liner you know but uh you know that's what made mckenzie's mill uh justin and ryan harris their brothers that are from west end where i grew up in north carolina and that we moved together in, in 2005 to nashville um, and that we were a really good team because Justin and Ryan were really good at vocal melodies and creating a story vocal, mm-hmm. you know, vocally. And, uh, I was really good at the music part of it. And one liner is like, Oh, that'd be a good song. Let's do that. Let's write a song around that. So we really had a great team for five years when we were in Nashville. Um, you know, and it's something about just moving to a place you're not familiar with and knowing that there's a million and a half other people doing the same thing you're doing it, it, it's like you against the world and it really when they had a team of three of us we really thought we could do anything back then and i i wish i could capture that feeling you know because I, mean, I still have a lot of confidence in myself but you know i don't write nearly as much as i want to anymore you know i have two kids i have a job you know an actual job right. these days and i don't want to say actual job because i did play music professionally for 12 years and i made a living at it um but it was not it's not easy you know um but that was my inspiration pretty much i know it went off on a tangent there but that's kind of where i was at just left nashville you know uh uh, with with the boys right and then got an opportunity solo for the first time i was like okay gave me a little like all right i've got some um influence here or something you know and went there and 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 did that and then after i uh passed the interview process and they wanted me for the they offered the job to me for the whole summer um you know they put me up in a two-bedroom condo overlooking the pool in the gulf of mexico and uh played five days a week from 5 p.m to 9 p.m on the hammerhead deck and every day at 5 p.m they had this cannon out there and i swear they probably killed old ladies several times by scaring the bejesus out of them because they would at five o'clock they'd not tell anybody they'd shoot this cannon and it'd be loud as just the loudest thing ever and uh and scare the crap out of everybody and then that was the time they would go welcome everybody this is the grand beach resort it's five o'clock somewhere you know and then of course me cheesy person i learned a lot of these songs for this very reason i started with five o'clock somewhere uh-huh, by alan right. jackson and course, jimmy buffett yeah because you know it made sense you know yeah and i still i don't think i've played that song to this day since i left but <laughs> and it, I mean, it's not a bad song it's just you know it was it fit the purpose um and yeah i, I don't blame you if you play something like that daily yeah Yeah, it's like wagon wheel you know i i love that song because it means a lot to me prior to darius rucker doing it i actually recorded uh wagon wheel in houston texas 
Um, and we'll get into some of that later because some of these songs, um, you know what? Actually, none of these songs were recorded in Houston. Uh, I thought they were, but actually the, all these songs today were recorded in Nashville. But anyway, I recorded another CD uh, years later in 2014, I think, um, with Stormy Cooper Media, who's the bass player and the band leader for Roger Craiger Band out in Texas, who not many people on the East Coast know him, but he's super superstar in uh, Oklahoma and Texas way. Um, but anyway, I recorded some of that over there and, um, you know, and that's where I met these people that kind of like Mike Kelly, he knew Stormy Cooper and I got involved with them and that's kind of how we, we all uh, got together and I was going somewhere with that. And I think I went off on a tangent and did not make a full sentence story. <laughs> what was it? Do you remember? Uh, it mm. was so long ago. I know it was, I, I just talk. <laughs> I am definitely talking with myself to myself today. That, I was... Wondering if you were going to talk about the song, the next song, and somehow that would lead into it. I don't know. But that that was a long time ago that I thought that was going to yes. happen, too. I don't know what to do with myself, Frank. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Just uh, if you air any of this, um, the BA is going to show up. Okay, if you air any of this. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. Just blow. Just blow. I'm not going to do it again. I can't do it again. <laughs> we are definitely cutting this, Frank. Please, uh, please, for the love of everything. And I'm going to leave that in there. Just okay. because of that. <laughs> oh, Man, this is either going to ruin me or probably ruin me. I think it's probably going to ruin me, this show. I think, Frank, you're, this is the last thing I'm ever going to do, you know, because of you. Well, I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> you want to see my demise. Okay. Um, anyway. I can people- forever say. Yeah. Do you remember that guy? You remember that guy? That's, yeah. He's, he, where is he now? You know, not that I'm anybody, but, you know, I feel like in Pinehurst, maybe I have a little bit of a something going on, but obviously not for long now that we're doing this. So <laughs> anyway, people are going to realize how cheesy and dumb I am. <clears throat> anyway, the next song, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, called Blowing Kisses. Yes, I know. It's a sweet, sweet title. It's, I didn't name it. It I was, can feel it on my cheek. You feel the kisses? Yes. Yeah. I, and, and I did not name it, but it is a fantastic song. It's probably my second favorite song that I've ever been a part of. Um, Mr. Mike Kelly in Madisonville, Texas. Actually, uh, I had played a gig at um, one of the local bars here in, in Southern Pines about 10 years ago. And uh, that was when Mike Kelly was staying at my parents' house, which as soon as I left Texas, I kind of stayed with my parents for about a year um, kind of get my feet wet, figuring out what I want to do. And he stayed in the, uh, the kind of the apartment above the garage. And he, it was like 2 a.m. I got home or probably 2 30 and he was still up and he had been starting kind of to write some stuff that night. He was just really inspired. I've obviously going through a hard time with his, you know, separation and having the kids and being away. And, um, he texted me and I did not want to go upstairs. I was literally like about to pass out. And he's like, dude, you got to come upstairs, come upstairs. So I did about three o'clock in the morning, went up there and he played me what he had, which was pretty much the whole song except for a bridge. And, uh, and it was fantastic. I mean, the lyrics to this song are just, they blow you away. It's a little bit longer of a song. It starts off with, uh, the piano from TJ Johnson, which is just a fantastic, just piano ballad type thing. And then guitar, uh, guitar from Paul Newton, uh, old guitar player, buddy of mine from McKenzie's Mill. Um, you know, it's just a fantastic, epic little ballad. So um, I hope you like it.
grabs his guitar and heads for the door, turns around to hold her and feel her once more. Says goodbye to his children as they start to cry. Got in that old Chevrolet and drove into the night. He tells her he loves her every night. He plays her tune and she feels alright. She tells him she's lonely, the kids miss their dad. But the road is all he knows and God blessed him with that. All his pain and the songs that he writes Got his name on a marquee in the big city lights He says that he's tired, but the show must go on He's living his dream, but missing his home Uh, lovely set of songs and um, by my voice you can tell I'm not Tony 
<laughs> I am the Frank that he mentioned earlier. I'm the pilot radio executive producer, and I figured I'd go ahead and jump in. And so it's not a conversation, just Tony talking to himself. To, to me, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. this is Tony on Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is me. And there's someone else here, too. Yes. Frank. And, <laughs> and so I will, perhaps we could say that I'm taking Tony's place for... Where he would be standing in the future. I mean, yeah, the first the, for the first episode. Yeah, so. so I am I am Tony, and you are Tony. <laughs> two Tonys. Yes. Welcome to the Two Tonys Show. That's yeah. right. So little did you know, you, <laughs> we baited you in for the conversations with Tony Barnes, but now it's Tony's. Tony's. <laughs> it's my turn uh, to talk. Two. Yes. Again. It is. It is. It is. uh, What I was thinking is we could kind of move away from, I think we've mentioned it, you've mentioned it already, you are no longer a... uh, Full-time. Full-time, there we go. (laughs) Full-time musician uh, using what you earn through your grit and creative song-ness. Yes. Um to support yourself and your family now at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what was the impetus for the change? Like what um, when did you kind of <laughs> begin? <laughs> Sorry. He doesn't know uh, where to put his hands. He's, he's trying to be serious and this mic keeps moving and I, I don't know what to do. Um, what I, this, so There we go. That's it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Okay. Okay, actually that worked. Great. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I, I ruined it. Um, what, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what uh, you tell us. Yeah, so um, you know, in 2017, um, we, my wife and I, had been living in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, for about two years at that point, and um, well on our way. I was making music five, six nights a week, sometimes seven down there, because in Wilmington you can actually. Uh, play on a monday night which is nice or any night of the week uh certain places and still have a little bit of a crowd usually um and i did that and uh you know we my my wife got pregnant with our first daughter and you know i was a little bit heartbroken because she was like we need to move back to the pinehurst area because you know our families are here and she knew that we needed help and i was in denial you know um she was pregnant with our first child and and uh everly is her name and she um she was, we were planning on having her in Pinehurst, but it was kind of awkward because, like, the due date, we were, we literally were moving back, like, the day like the day she was born. Like, my parents came up to help us move, and then they drove back to Pinehurst, and then – because she wouldn't do until, like, a couple of days later. She came that night, so my parents drove back to Wilmington, so she was a little Wilmington baby. But uh, moral of the story is, you know, she had the premonition that we should go home to be near family, and it was the best decision ever. I'm glad she pushed me, but I was definitely heartbroken about it because I was loving the beach life, playing music six days a week, going fishing with her, you know, on the boat uh, whenever we were just not doing much during the day or whatever. So <clears throat> it was fantastic, but it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because we moved back. <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, you know, I knew instantly we had a little baby, my first baby, and I knew we had, I, I needed a plan. You know, I knew music wasn't, I love music, but, you know, my family was more important at this point, you know, and I, I still played music to try to make money for 
the family at that point, but I knew I needed something else. And so we were living actually with her her parents for about, I think, five or six months, um, which was interesting, but <laughs> to say the least. But they're great right, people, and I'm super thankful for them. But, uh, you know. But that's another story. <laughs> that's another story, yeah. But so I was the one who was like, we got to get out of here. But anyway, um, when we moved, uh, to, we found a rental and a little two-bed, one-bath you know, cottage basically in Aberdeen. It was small. We had two dogs and a brand new baby. And, uh, I had the thought of, we had a little bit of money saved up and I was like, we need to invest in something. So we invested in, we found a lot for sale that was just dropped $10,000 in seven lakes West and it was water view. Uh, so dropped it from 25 to 15,000. And I was like, that seems like a good deal. Even though I didn't know anything about real estate. And I was like, let's make an offer on it. So we made an offer for 13,000 and the people were from Minnesota. They hadn't even been to the lot in 20 years and they sold it to us. They accepted the offer. And as soon as they did that, I instantly knew that real estate was where I could, you know, do something. It's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on a whim, I didn't know anything about real estate. Um, uh, uh, My wife's um sister's boyfriend at the time or um significant other at the time was we both were like hey what do you, i was like what do you think about real estate you want to take the class with me and he's like sure i ain't got nothing going on let's do it you know he just graduated from uncw but he wasn't doing anything here yet and so he was like sure let's do it so we both went to fayette drove to fayetteville uh five days a week in the morning and uh i took a crash course in real estate it was a month-long class and fortunately passed the, t- the class test on the first try and then took the state exams and the national exams and, and passed that fortunately on the first try which is not an easy test and but it was hard you know we had a three-month-old at home and um you know i was staying up studying every night you had to read like several chapters and i wasn't really the best college student or high school student so like it was I'm, i was really impressed with myself that i did it you know right. i don't ever want to do it again because it's a hard <laughs> test but um but anyway that was the story there and we moved back and uh and uh, became a realtor uh, with Keller Williams. That's the first firm I joined. I interviewed several, and um, <clears throat> and I've been with them for four and a half years now. And uh, it's been the best decision of my life, you know, uh, financially, career-wise. So now I can play music for fun, you know. <clears throat> um, so where were we going with that? And you do. I mean, we were talking with uh, Mary Stone of Stone Dolls, and Mary Stone sings, well... I guess it's mm-hmm. just her name. Just like she, when she performs solo, it's Mary Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were saying you've got some gigs lined up still. Yeah. So I still play about once or twice a week. Um, I try not to do more than one or two because my wife, you know, rightfully so, she's got two little kids at home. And I try not to be gone as much as, you know, I try to stay home as much as I can, which real why real estate is, is great because you can still work from home a good bit when you're not out at appointments um but yeah music i still play i'm playing i believe on um i don't know when this show will air but i'm playing september 22nd i believe at uh char bar seven in southern pines september 23rd at piners brewing company um i got a couple of gigs you know here and there after that i'm trying to take a little bit more time off from music in the winter time just to kind of holidays be around the family you know it's been a good year for real estate thankfully for me and my career so it's nice to not have to do music five nights six nights a week you know it right. gets hard you know right. you can only play wagon wheel so many times and i love wagon <laughs> wheel a lot of people hate it or hate on it but you know it's one of my favorite songs that yeah, it's i used one to play of those that some people just love to hate exactly yeah. i hate to love and love to hate yeah mm-hmm. so uh, classic right segue yeah uh, not segue tangent tangent okay I heard it the first time when I was on the Appalachian Trail 
and I don't know, it's in somebody's car, like going into town. And I was like, what is this song? And they were like, North Carolina. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Touch of home. I'm mesmerized. Now. Yeah. It was like <laughs> November. Actually, it was October in Vermont. And I was just like, man, it's not North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's crazy because I don't know if I mentioned it previously, but <clears throat> sorry, I actually recorded that song before Darius Rucker uh, recorded it. I think it was 20. 20- 12 maybe in houston texas with uh, some folks out there in a the studio and um i got the rights originally from catch secor who's the one of the main writers for old crow medicine show and uh and bob dylan of course i went through their publisher i think it was bug music or something like that i can't remember but i actually went to try to get the rights to record it and they said sure you know just i mean i didn't ever sell enough for that would make a difference but they actually gave me permission to do it so i actually recorded that in 2012 um in houston texas with stormy cooper media uh, and it, I love it's one of my favorite songs. It was kind of what I was known for early on when I started playing, you know, every day and around locally and stuff. People were like, you know, before it was like the hated song, you know, like <laughs> everybody wanted to hear it, you know. And, and I had my own version of it um, on record and stuff, and so it was fun. It's, it means a lot. That song means a lot to me. But you know, playing it every night, six nights a week for twelve years, you know, sure. any song can any weigh, song, weigh on right. you. Yeah. And and doing, I mean, when you said that. It just reminded me of the days when I would be in the studio glass blowing. Like, I'd go in the morning, work all morning, and then anneal. So I'd take a break to like go eat lunch and like do some stuff around the house or whatever while that first batch annealed. And then I'd go back at night and do a second round because my kiln was only big enough for a certain. You know, it's not big enough for me to work all day, so I'd work two shifts. Mm. And you know, it's just it can it wears on you. Yeah, you know? even though it's something you're passionate about, right? You know, it, it is kind of a little sad because a lot of musicians, even I, I really respect musicians who can uh, keep the the drive and the burn. Like I had the drive. Unfortunately, the drive for me when I was doing it for a living was like I had to make a living. You know, I had debt. I was I. Had, you know, I was trying to, that was my job, you know, and it became a job. It's a little sad when that, mm-hmm. that transitions that way. It happens, I'm sure, to every musician. I mean, I, I'm surprised I did it for 12 years, like full time. Like, you know, I was I was getting burnt out six years prior to me quitting, you know, right. but, but I did it because of necessity. But also, I, I, there are moments you still love it when you're playing in front of people and they're singing along. And you got a big crowd. But what a lot of people don't realize is unless you're famous, <clears throat> you know, you have several more nights that are just dead or people could care less about what you're doing and you just gotta you gotta learn how to you know accept that you're gonna have some thick skin and right. and just be like okay cool you know we'll we'll just this is a means to an end and we're we're gonna do this and you know it makes the really good shows um stand out you know mentally and everything right. so um i'm just glad i don't have to do it every single night and now you know i don't play as much i used to i don't want to say that word i used to um <laughs> uh what's the word uh, sell myself regularly a lot to southern pines bars you know mm-hmm. and venues and piners and I, you know because I, I had to i had a tuesday wednesday thursday friday so you know I, I was playing just down the street every single night every week so it was like oh yeah there's tony uh he's good but man it's the same crap every single day yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, just saw it yesterday yeah it good yeah. then good today yeah, but but let's go see somebody else who doesn't play seven <laughs> day, times a week you know so and i get it you know but it's it, i'm just really lucky and glad that i kind of 
was fortunate enough to stumble into real estate. Like I said, I didn't know anything about it. And it's been the best thing for me, you know, and my family ever to, to be a real estate broker. You know, I mean, you know, the last couple of years have been crazy since the pandemic, but you know, I've, I think knock on wood, I've figured out a way to, uh, I built my business to where I think I'm gonna have some consistency, you know, um, because things have slowed down tremendously in real estate and I'm still getting listings and I'm still, you know, getting business that a lot of other realtors are not, you know, so I'm very fortunate for that. Hopefully it stays that way. Um, I did hear this is maybe not, I mean, we're talking about, I did hear it slowed down a lot in these past month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, rates are rising, but really historically they're not anywhere crazy than that. They're actually still below average, I think, or average, but, but, you know, when you're used to 2.8, 3.1, 3.5% interest rates, I mean, you know, it's – and then it basically makes your, your payment on a $300,000 house almost double now that they're almost 6%, you know. So it's like, okay, you know, that, that it, was each, it was really easy to buy. I mean, not easy, <clears throat> but a lot easier to buy a house. Right, you more know? approachable. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Even though the prices were going up, people were, could afford more house, you know. So it's like – and, and you, you had to – you want to have an asset. I mean, you always want right. to have investments, and 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 home ownership is one of the most proud, prideful moments of my life. You know, I mean, I, it, yeah. it almost didn't happen. We we were literally getting twenty twenty. We were living in that cottage for a couple of years, and uh, the the owners, the landlords, were unfortunately separating. So one of them needed to move back into the house, and this was when there was like a no eviction thing, and and they were like, "Well, we need you out of the house in sixty days." It was like the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, and I was, I was like, like, "I'm not kicking you out, but." Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, no, you know, and I it was my second year of real estate, which, you know, was starting to take off a little bit, but still, you know, modest, modest income, you know. <clears throat> but luckily, I literally was able to get approved for two hundred five thousand dollars. That couldn't buy you hardly anything now. But two years ago, um, it, yeah, was, like, it was that was like right at the end of when when that was like still. Yeah. Okay. Possible, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's crazy. Like to an actual stick built house that was only like 10 years old or nine years old. So, uh, but the, the, one of the first only things that my wife and I ever agreed on the very first time was ironic. It was like, well, we need to get a, well, I mean, once we got approved for the loan, we saw literally the, I think it was the second house, but really the first house we had any real interest in. And we're like, yeah, this is, this is it. Let's make an offer on this. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, wait, are you my wife? Seriously? Are we agreeing on this? The big decision like together? Right. You know? And uh, and we did. And it was just, it really was like a blessing from above or whatever, because we were approved for 205 and this thing was listed for 205. And I'm a realtor, so I can, uh, I, I negotiated at that time. It was one of the last times before now you could actually negotiate below list price. And even still, I negotiated further because, you know, I was a real estate agent, so I could give them 3% of my commission back so that would be making more money on it so i, I negotiated it down to like basically 192.5 they paid 5,000 in closing costs and all this and 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 it was the best deal ever you know and and now we've been in it two and a half years and there's a lot of equity in it and i just i know that that didn't happen because of me it really happened it was just divine intervention because i mean just so many things happened that you know we were so close to not getting approved for that loan too like it went through like three weeks and the lender was like, oh, there's something like the, the IRS was having a, a backlog of stuff oh, yeah. and they needed like a, a form for like last year. And I could not reach the IRS at all to get it. And thank God I, I tried for like two two weeks and we were unsure if we we're going to get it. And somebody finally that was high up enough in the IRS was like, oh, God, you're about to lose your house. OK, so she sent it to me and faxed it immediately. So it awesome. took me two weeks to get in touch with somebody. So that's a, so many a things. Very 
heartening IRS story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's very few of those, I know, right? But it was, uh, I mean, it really was divine intervention, I think, just for us to have that. And I know that there's so many people that aren't that lucky and haven't been that lucky since the pandemic has happened. So I just know that I'm a fortunate person and I don't take it for granted, you know, and I work hard to try to be, you know, a good person and, and you know, I care about people and my reputation and that's why i'm involved with camp resilient and uh, patriot foundation and i also try to support local uh, homeless um you know derivative uh, issues with uh, teamworks organization and cliff brown over there is doing great things so i try to stay a part of this community um you know the military is such a big part of it um and i've i was not in the military but my parents are both retired well not retired but they're air force for four years and uh in their early uh, lives and you know it just means a lot growing up in, around Fort Bragg I, I, when I was young I never realized the extent of how important that facility is in the global atmosphere and especially in America and, and now that I'm old enough to understand it and how it affects our community and, and the great people that come and live here and retire here and b- create business here and um, I just respect it so much um, so I knew I wanted to be some part of a civilian in that in that realm and that and that is what the next thing i was going to ask about mm-hmm. camp resilient and the patriot foundation uh maybe you could talk a little bit about what they are and when you became involved maybe you want to start with when and yeah. then you can talk about yeah let's do it that way okay yeah um so i started with patriot foundation and like many things in my life i kind of you know I lucked into it. Um, I was still playing music for a living. I think it was 2018. Yeah. And, uh, and this is, I think it was before it was, bef- it was right around the time it might've, I might've already been, a, I think I was a real estate agent, but very, very new. Uh, but they asked me to play at an open house for this, um, this home in uh, number nine in Piners national, uh, you know, golf course home, brand new home. Uh, and I keep trying to remember the builders and I, I should know this, but anyway, uh, the Patriot foundation was basically, uh, the builders, um, pledged to give all the profits of the build when they sell it to the Patriot foundation. So it was kind of one of those, mm-hmm. they build the house, they get what they put into it and then they just donate the rest to the Patriot foundation. Um, and I was playing music there. They hired me to play music and, and that's where I met, um, a Navy captain. Uh, I don't. I guess I probably. I don't know if I should put names out there, but uh, I met a very uh, successful Navy captain who uh, talked to him and his wife, and we got we exchanged numbers and talked to a few other people that were part of the Patriot Foundation there, and um, and they. Uh, I had the idea. I was like, I needed a found. I feel. I knew I needed a foundation to really latch onto, and I had the idea to, to do a benefit concert for them, and and so I called the captain and I was, or I emailed him first, I think. And we talked about it and he's like, yeah, that's great. So, uh, in 2018, we basically long story short, put on a, a benefit concert at Cox Harley Davidson and around Eastwood there in West end. Oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah. When they first, it was when they first came into town in yeah. 2018 and, uh, I did a veterans day <clears throat> or we did a veterans day, uh, benefit for the Patriot foundation. There was some successes, but there was a lot, it was a cold day. You know, it was the first time we had a lot of vendors come out, um, I, you know, and, and, and that way it was a success, but you know, it was a really cold day. We're competing with all the other, you know, established veteran foundations, but we had, a. Uh, a, na- a general speak we had a, uh, the, the captain spoke i mean we had some really high brass out there come out and and speak on behalf of the that and and i played we myself and some of the guys that uh, like whiskey pines that i play with we mm-hmm. played music there um a little bit and uh 
you know, it was a, it was a success in some ways, but like I said, it was kind of a, a letdown that it wasn't as big as we would hope to to give to them. But um, after that, the executive director, which was Kim Gilly at the time, she uh, she offered to me in December um, twice a year. The Patriot Foundation goes to Corporate Leadership Day at Fort Bragg, and um, and they basically tour you around the, the whole all the facilities. And you, in the morning, you get there and you. You talk to like they literally put a PowerPoint presentation on like all the highest brass at Fort Bragg and, and you're sitting in this the war room, I call it, you know, like I don't know what it's really called, but I assume it's called something like that. <clears throat> and literally the highest ranking officials at each uh, institution there <clears throat> at Fort Bragg put on a PowerPoint presentation for us. And I was I had no business rubbing elbows with these people that I did. Like I, I knew how lucky I was. I mean, you had Ed Broyhill from uh, Broyhill Furniture. You had, um, you know, uh, the I can't remember the, the Bodie. I think the Bodie brothers from Hart. They have they own like 130 Hardee's restaurants around the southeast. There was a lot of people there that were donating real money to this foundation, and they were really influential people in in, in the state and in the country. And uh, I just man, I met so many great great people, and we got to you know uh, go on a shoot range with the special forces and do some fun things and and just learn about the history of the facility and what they're doing now and it was the greatest honor of my life i mean in my career to be able to rub elbows with these people and uh that's what kind of started my uh passion for being in you know foundations for the military because i see uh, even though i'm not in it i see their sacrifice because i have several friends that are in it and i have some that have really struggled with it and and their spouses and you know it's just it's a really selfless thing to do and i just yeah, appreciate it, can it. Be, i can i can't imagine <laughs> yeah and that was 2018 and when we did that and so I, I i'm still sort of you know i try to donate to them when i can and um and be involved when i can but uh i think about a year and a half ago i was approached by one of the former uh i think he was a board member but he's one of the former members there who will probably uh introduce and and uh interview here in the next month or so and i'm excited about that he's um on the board of directors of the of Camp Resilient North Carolina, which is one that kind of came out of uh, some of the folks that were at Patriot Foundation. And uh, so just to give you a little background, so Patriot Foundation has been established since 2001, I believe, and, and its motto is, uh, I believe, no child left behind kind of thing or no, um, you know, basically it supports, gives uh, scholarships and grants to the children and spouses of fallen soldiers and even those that are ill, you know, or, or affected negatively by, by service. And then um, – you know, there's several that we've met over the years, including one of the uh, Gold Star spouses, is what they call them. We've lost a spouse in, in war. Uh, her, her name is Britt Harris, and she's now the uh, vice president of Camp Resilient. So it's a all woman. Um, le- I mean, the, the president is a woman. Uh, um, her name is Lila Owens, and then the vice president is Britt Harris, who's a Gold Star spouse. Lila was a veteran, and Britt is a Gold Star spouse. So that's how they're kind of connected. And then uh, Major Jason Houck is the one that's going to that's going to speak hopefully with us here in the next week. And he he approached me and said, "Hey, do you want to be an ambassador for this? You know, because he knew I was passionate about it and." I was like, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, let me know what I can do. I I didn't realize I've got I built a decent little social media following over the years from music, and you know, he's he's I think he saw that he's like, hey, we just need to get the word out. You know, let's spread the word, and so I, I post things, and you know, I talk about it, and we help I help organize little fundraisers. We did our first big fundraiser a couple of months ago at Forest Creek Country Club, and um, Richard Hudson, Senator Richard Hudson, came out and. Uh, and uh, spoke a little bit there, which is really cool. And a lot of people um, that are directly related to the military and some of the other ambassadors, um, which include a general and some other folks that are higher ranking. So 
And our goal there at Camp Resilient is to create more resilient service members because suicide is a huge thing in in, uh, in the military right now because, um, you know, the average tours are – it used to be like even in Vietnam and all that, it used to be like two or three tours maximum that these soldiers did. Now, since 2001, like the average I think is like six or five or six tours at the average – you know, soldier does and that's either gone to Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever. And some of them have done 13, 14, 15 tours. So yeah. it's just like, I mean, you can imagine what that does to you right. mentally, you know. And so our goal is to create more resilient service members through uh, nature based and outdoor therapy, um, you know, um, equestrian therapy. Uh, we have a 75 acre horse farm. I say we um, one of my former clients um, was kind enough i sold them a 75 acre horse farm out in um hope county and they they were kind enough to kind of donate their land and like their their farm for specific events for us so that we don't because we don't have the means to buy 100 acres right now so um it was really fantastic that they were able to do that and their former military as well and um so that's what we 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 do we're in the second year and we're planning a lot of these outdoor events uh, to get folks that um, you know maybe just got off tour, or even if they want to go with a lot of their their co- you know their colleagues or their brothers and sisters, you know, and come out there and just have a time to let loose. I mean, there's a shooting range. There's you know you can fish. You can have a, there's equestrian facilities. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do. Gardening, yoga. There's a lot of things that we've got, and a lot of local people involved in it. Um, and I'll get you a list of that here soon. But of the people that are involved in it now, but just really excited uh, about being a part of it. You know, just to try to give back where i can you know um so those are the two you know big ones that i've done um with the military here lately so i know i just went off on a tangent i don't, know. I don't think that was a tangent i think that was a, a accurate a description of what what you've been doing so you know we appreciate that and i think that sounds like both of them are very worthy causes for anybody to be involved in yeah yeah, I think, you know, I just with this show, hopefully I, I know I'm rambling on like this show is going to be, you know, interviewing people like that, that have influenced my life, maybe Frank's life, you know, um, people that we really hold in high esteem and, and, and not just for being influential, maybe politically or militarily or, or, or whatever, philanthropic. I mean, maybe just people that, that have been around Piners, Southern Pines and, and with thriving businesses that have gone through the pandemic, you know, maybe especially service industry people, you know, um, there's several that I could name that, you know, have, have made it through, thankfully, but it was they almost probably lost their business during right. all that. And, and people and not just people that own those businesses, but servers, you know, bartenders they you know, they went through a hard time. And uh, I definitely want to have some of those folks on on board, not just the owners, but the people that you know the the people that are working for those people yeah. and the you working know. stiffs yeah because you, you might you know you might know the local bartender that you've seen for 20 years and never talked about what's actually going on with them exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah i think so i think you i think those stories are just as important you know as the the, the ones that are supposedly quotations doing big things you know right. like right. you want to like i said the show is about interviewing people that maybe you don't know their story you had no idea that so and so over there has this mesmerizing story you know and and they've made it through whatever hardship they've had or we just talk about fun things you know like what they get about the favorite kind of food you know where they like to travel what do they do you know just trying to get to know people i think this show is about and i know it's been a lot of talking about and to me for this first one which is always just awkward for me because i'm not that type of person but you know 
I want the listener to know that this first show is just trying to introduce myself to to you, and then these next shows are going to be introducing people that, that are really making things happen and doing things locally and maybe outside of that, you know. And I think it's valuable for us to know where you're coming from so that we can kind of, you know, maybe follow along with your thought process while you're talking to these people and, yeah. you know, give a – give us some insight into the question as well as the answer maybe yeah no definitely i I just appreciate the opportunity you know frank thanks for uh for having me you know i've always been a secret dream of mine to 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 do a podcast maybe or you know do something similar to this and just see if see what happens you know i i I know i'm not the most interesting man in in the world uh what's that dosa keys or whatever are we allowed to put uh brand names out there i don't know <laughs> they uh, just go we'll just say we, we may not be the most interesting men <laughs> yeah, in the world yeah. mans in the world but yeah but we but everybody has a story that's you know? right and that's what i want to hear about because i really do believe in i've been a people person my whole life to a fault sometimes you know or a people pleaser type person but i i really do appreciate people and, and you know even people that have different political views of me or you know it's it's unfortunate to see some that some of the hatred you know that that because people do unfortunately make mistakes and and do those things and you don't like to see that but you know i've always tried to even if there's somebody that believes something completely different than me i've always tried to see why you know or talk to them not not because of selfish reasons just because there's something there it's not cut and dry right. there's something there they that believe it for a reason yeah and there's something there that they that is good you know we can't just say hey you know that's all bad, you know, because right. it's most of the 99 percent of the time there is some good from even the worst people, you know, mm-hmm. and there's and, you know, hopefully you can talk to them and maybe by you being a kind person to them and, and trying to understand their story, maybe something switches in their head and and they do whatever, you know, that that's more positive, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's a great attitude to have. I, I agree with that because, you know, whatever conversation you have with somebody i know it's my intention to learn but just the act of speaking with somebody in an open and honest manner will hopefully to your point broaden something you know make the world a little bit more connected Mm -hmm. make spread some understanding you know something like that like you say just maybe more positivity will come out of it Mm -hmm. no i I really i really believe that and i know some may people may say i'm naive you know you have to stand like i get it like i I do stand for things you know but um you know there's also a moment to try to have some diplomacy you know Um, right and just really just try to understand people and that's what this show is about it's like just meeting people uh talking about their stories they're gonna they're gonna all have different beliefs you know i I mean i I can guarantee you I'm, i'm gonna try to have a a very uh, diverse group in here uh, of people that have done things, big things in their lives. And then people that have done things that we might not have heard of that are still important in their lives. And, you know, talk about them, you know, cause it's not going to be talking about me every day. This is just the first one. So right. I just want the listener to know that. So with Tony, not about Tony. Yes. I won't talk to myself and about myself much right. anymore. Just this. have people, we will talk to you. Yes. That'd be yes. good. Exactly. So I'm excited. We've got some ideas of some of the people that'll be coming on. Uh, won't, won't advertise those just yet. Um, but maybe here soon. So, you know, get a good list of people that I've 
got to, I've been talking to. So we had a great response. Just we did a Facebook live video here that last week. And My wife mentioned it. She was awesome. very impressed with the reach. Really cool. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, one point two thousand already." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Okay." <clears throat> yeah, it was awesome. I think people really, uh, you know, they people want to talk about their lives. You know, I've, I've I had like six or seven people reach out to me that day, <clears throat> and I never do live videos. I need to. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna start doing more. It seems uh, like. It's just what you got to do these days on social media. Yeah, I've always been, you know, like look at my my double chin and you know all that stuff. But you know what, you just you just go with it. You know, I'm a bald guy. It's great. I've, I've accepted that since 21. I started losing my hair, and it's shaved off. It's like, all right, you know, I'm gonna be bald the rest of my life. There's nothing yeah. I can do about it. But uh, <laughs> I might cry a little bit. But uh, no, but it's fine. Ooh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. You're crying, not me. Um, but <clears throat> you know, I, I think. Uh, yeah. Just lost my train of thought there. I am very much enjoying uh, <laughs> you telling your the mirror. You're crying. Uh, yeah. Speaking of talking to myself, uh, that's what I do in the mirror every morning when I realize I have no hair, Frank. You know. <laughs> what but, happened to your hair? <laughs> I still have mine. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's good times. I forgot what where I was going with that, but you know, maybe it's funny nonetheless. I think we, uh, I think we wrapped up. <laughs> I think we got it. Yeah, Frank's you, like it's time for you to leave. You just, just <laughs> you, you could just go. That'd be great. No, but I am worried about our time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we are well, well within the the time frame. Within? Uh, no. Outside. Outside. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> we're we well beyond. Yes. Well, hopefully we can. I know it's. I don't want to do more work for you, but hopefully we can find a good a couple of good tidbits and. Well, yeah. I mean, also, um, maybe we should say goodbye to the people. Yeah, yeah, that's but true. But the podcast can be longer than an hour. Yeah, but I, you know, I hate to do too much longer than that. If we can figure out some good things to cut out, but we'll we'll see how it works. This is all thought thoughts and process, and mm-hmm. uh, so definitely a, a big thanks to uh, executive producer Frank Daniels, who's been. Uh, you know, definitely awesome on this and allowing me to come in here and just uh, talk uh, about things um, well, and just thank you yeah, and see for, what for micing it up. Yeah, man. See what happens. And, uh, you know, I'm just thrilled to be doing this. And, uh, you know, so like I said, thanks for listening. If you did all five of you and uh, <laughs> just, just getting Frank, maybe it'll be six next week. Right. right. That's well, the goal. You grow six every right? week. Right? Yeah. You want to grow. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as we're growing by one each week, you know, Frank, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there that are, uh, you know, would like to listen to me make fun of myself, at least this first time. And then um, but you'll actually get some really good content from other folks right. that are doing things in this community <laughs> on these next ones. So please listen next week, right. even if I have turned you off on the first week. But if uh, you made it this far yeah. and you're still disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Remember, this is unique. Yeah. Well, I found out if, different. You, if you don't have expectations, you can't be disappointed mm-hmm. all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Is that bad? Is, I I think that it's good <laughs> okay. because that's the way I approach. Yeah, things. Yeah, kids don't listen to this advice. It's terrible. But you know, you're you know, I think we're just playing playing and having fun. But anyway, thank you for listening. Again, my name is Tony Barnes, and this is uh, Executive Producer Frank Daniels saying thank you for listening as well. Yes, and aloha. Isn't that by and? It is. It's by and hello. Isn't mm-hmm. that perfect? Right. That seems not really. We're not in Hawaii, are we? The timing's backwards, though. It's hello and bye, right? I'm just yeah. Kidding. We need we need we need what is it? Uh, 
Stay classy, San Diego. Yes. We need that. You need a sign-off. We need a tagline, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to have to think about this one. Hmm. Um, or, since we are talking about you, you could talk briefly, very briefly, about Push and Pull, and then we'll close out with that. Yeah, sure. Uh, Push and Pull was a song that uh, an instrumental song that I wrote when we first moved to Nashville, Tennessee, with uh, Justin and Ryan Harris of McKenzie's Mill. I think it was like 2005. Um, there was a, there still is a company called Broadjam.com. It's like an online music marketing company, and they have contests and you submit things. And um, I had a producer friend, and I had an idea. Um, they had uh, done a contest on Steve Ray, in honor of Stevie Ray Vaughan's birthday. Um, and for the best guitar instrumental, basically, or solo, you know, for his birthday. And I submitted along with hundreds of other people and was really lucky to win. I, well, I recorded this song with uh, Daniel Dennis and uh, producer in Nashville and uh, submitted it and won. And so they invited me to go to All-Star Guitar, guitar Night in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, with Muriel Anderson and Tom Bresh and Monty Montgomery. And, I mean, these names are you know, really good, big names in the circles these, you know, these days in music. And it was a really honor, big honor for us. So I brought the band and we had some original songs with them. So they let us play like three songs uh, at the theater there um, and open up for all those bigger acts. <clears throat> and it was really awesome. It was one of our first big gigs, you know, with actual famous people, you know, even though they weren't superstars, they were famous in Nashville circles. And so that was a really cool thing. So, um, yeah, this, this song is exactly that push and pull, like the, 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 you know, the push part is like that progressive rock and roll kind of riff and lead. And then it all of a sudden hits you with some, uh, reggae, which is that pool, you know, mm. kind of thing. So that's where the name came from, but I think it's pretty cool. Hopefully you like it. All right. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Hopefully please, uh, don't run away <laughs> just yet. We, we won't see you. <laughs> You'll hear, hear us, maybe? Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.